Hey guys, yeah, sorry I haven't been doing too many podcasts. Um, I'm in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, I came here just because I wanted to check out the humidity. And um, I, I have friends live in Lake Charles, Louisiana. This is where I came to school. So um, I think one of the problems with flag is not so much problems, but I mean, it would be a problem anywhere. But um I think one thing I've always struggled with over the years with training is um, I can't really win because when I'm when I'm in Flagstaff, you know, I struggle sometimes when like maybe Haas isn't there or Rachel isn't there and it, it can be lonely and it can be quite like, I think as a runner, you sort of say, well, this is how it has to be. This is part of the commitment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I can tell why a lot of runners throw around like, I say throw around and don't take this the wrong way, but I know a lot of runners that like, you know, actively come out and say they're depressed and I can see where it comes from. And I'll talk a bit about that a bit more about that in a minute. Um, but yeah, at the minute I'm in, um, Lake Charles, Louisiana, I'm, I'm here doing some training. Um, you know, my training's been exactly what it would normally be, but just doing it in the humidity rather than because I don't totally understand humidity rather than like, change and everything i tried to kind of just keep the week the same and uh, one second i'm drinking some water yeah rather than like tailor the whole week um to be like totally different like this is what you've got to do with humidity i just tried to keep it the same um but it is the same as what we would have said at altitude so there probably was a, a layer of caution anyway um so I came here. I mean I don't I'm not gonna say too much about how the humidity's going. And I, I was going to, but and if anyone on my podcast is racing somewhere humid, by all means tell me. But like I I've, I've paid money to be here and I paid money to gain knowledge and um, for the world champs and, and so I, I just yeah, I don't wanna share too much. Um and I think that's fair enough. I think um, I, I'm, I'm normally like an open book, um, but just with this one thing, you know, it's a world champs. It's a, there is an opportunity there to hopefully have a good world championships. And, and yeah, it's kind of something for now. I'm just going to keep close to my chest. It's, it's been really interesting. And as you guys know, I did two weeks sauna use and all the studies you read. That's what they say. Two weeks in a sauna. Um, and that's going to help your like acclimation to humidity. Um, so that's something that I did. Um, but yeah, I don't basically all I'm not going to tell you is if I think that helped or how things have gone since I've been here. Um, in terms of training, like I, I've trained, I've trained well. Um, I did first day I got here, I did my usual steadier run. Um, I did, you know, I do 30 minutes at one heart rate and then 20 minutes at another. Um, I did that as normal. Um, so, yeah, that, that actually was interesting, like day one in the humidity. Um, there, was, there was definitely lessons learned there. So if I'm giving any clues away, it was more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, but, yeah, no, I got that done. And that night I did a 30-minute run and then I did my 200s. Those 200s have really improved um just just my ability to be able to run that little bit faster um and probably feel better doing it um not like super fast 
I it was actually a goal of mine before leaving Flagstaff was to do a thirty minute run and five two hundreds at thirty thirty one. Um and that's exactly what I did on, on Thursday night. Um I was sweating like like you would not believe it is crazy how much like sweat comes out of you at a place like this, but um still a very useful run. Um like I say, got the job done. Um and then Friday was a was a track session. Um I I just wanted to you know, I missed the mile reps last week. I was gonna do mile reps last week, but when we got to Sedona it was it was it was pretty windy and um maybe I just didn't really think I was mile reps require like Hassett set mile reps and he wanted them at like either five ten or five minutes. And this is obviously in flag stuff. Um I just didn't really want to do mile reps that slow, even if it was altitude. Like we were being cautious because of my fitness. Um but I kinda wanted to just like wait to do mile reps when I was um slightly fitter. Um probably because I'm racing the ten K in a couple of weeks time at the Irish Champs and um I just, yeah, like, I guess when I, I want to do mile reps, I want to, like, come off the track and be thinking, like, nice, like, um, I don't need to do them all at, like, 10k pace or 10k effort, but certainly a couple of them, and, and so we started it, there was a kid, there's a kid in, flat, or in Lake Charles, and he broke a four-minute mile, a kid called Jarrett LeBlanc, um, pretty popular down here, um, he, he was there, too, so we, he had done a few mile reps before I started a little bit slower um, and then I started on his third rep um not intentional it just so happened that's the time I got to the track um so he kind of worked it down like five minutes 456 450 then I went 446 um and then the last one like probably like intelligence but I came off the 446 and I felt great. Like I thought, you know, that was easy. Um, like feeling really good. Um, and then I sort of made this decision instead of like, because remember that Haas wanted them in five minutes in Flagstaff. So yes, we're at sea level, but you know, it's 80 degrees outside and it's like 80, I think it was 88% humidity. I mean, that's just what it is every day here. Um, so there was still this like, air of caution um so i decided in the last one just to shut it down a bit um and shoot for five minutes um but i sort of thought like one of the ways you can sort of like trick your body is like you can i decided to shut it down instead of like you know you've gone five minutes you've gone 456 you've gone 450 you've gone 446 like it seems like the next thing to do is to go 440 you know like it in my head and in most runners' heads, that's just how to see the session going. Um, so I basically decided to bring it back to five-minute pace, like the first one, um, but run two of the laps at 70-second pace, which is 440. Um, and so I start off at um, five-minute miling, and I'm, I'm glad that I made that call because I think just at this point, you know, you've been – you've been exposed to the humidity for, I don't know, 30 minutes of warm up, nearly 30 minutes of reps and recovery. And you're, you're, you're probably pretty dehydrated. And, um, like I would say my body was just starting to fatigue. And, um, so that was probably a good decision. 
Um, so the last one was like 450. Um, but like I said, like the two of the laps were at 70 and the other laps were at 75. Um, and that was, that was, that was a good day. Um, oh no, I did some 400s. Um, I, I took a bit of recovery and then I did three 400s and I went 68, 66, 64. Um, and again, I just wanted to feel good doing that. Um, I didn't feel that good. This is something you're learning from the humidity. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of mental. The sun has probably helped that mental side of things. Um, but it, again, I, <laughs> if I go into too much detail, I just give everything away. But yeah, there's certain things going on that make it a challenge. Um, but I, I was happy. I ran 64 at the end and then I went and did my little bit of a warm down and job done for another day. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much what's been going on. I did that Friday. Obviously, I did my steady run in the 200s Thursday. Um, Saturday is a super easy day. We had a big thunderstorm come through. Um, and that's where like Doha will be pretty unpredictable. I don't really know. You know, it's I don't I don't know if anybody knows unless they've been in Doha the last like three or four years in October. If a thunderstorm comes through, it changes the weather completely. Um, it really cools it down and the humidity goes up. But it, I think I almost preferred how it felt today. Um, weather or heat down, but humidity up. Um, yeah, it's important to see these different correlations humidity like temperature etc etc it's 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 interesting um so yeah no so tomorrow i'm gonna do just a bit of a long run um you know it, it nothing nothing crazy i don't think i think just 16 miles Um, for once i'm gonna try to keep it keep it relatively controlled um first time i raced a half marathon i made a a real mess of it you could say a real balls up i think would be the the quote i would say um and i just i just didn't really know what i was doing um but yeah i made a real mess of it um show up and i race it like a 10k i'm surging and i'm pressing and so kind of like a bit like that um the the plan would be you know you're you're in the humidity be just be conservative just don't don't think that i can just go do eight miles at six minute mile in and eight miles at 530 um I, I don't know if i could or if i couldn't um i probably could i'm sure i could but you just don't know um one of the bigger tests of the week i'm gonna try tuesday morning to do um like roughly roughly what i would do on marathon day um except obviously not a marathon um i want to try running at like a time that we have predicted that perhaps I could run in Doha um and you know I don't know where the fuck we predicted it from I think we looked at like the Beijing results I've probably repeated myself maybe I've told you guys this before but um yeah I don't know where that prediction came from but um so yeah so maybe Tuesday we'll gather some knowledge you could say I just want to get running um at a fairly honest effort and something that maybe i can sustain for 10 or even 12 miles um hopefully without really struggling and hopefully without the body breaking down too much um it might be a case of 
my buddy Johnny, they're out of town this weekend visiting family, but it might be a case of getting Johnny to sort of come out there, find somewhere where I can just like put in long efforts. I, I sort of found a road today that I think would be quite useful and um, just to put in like long long efforts this is a pretty long straight road and then maybe you get to the other end like yeah my my goal this is this this would be like an out and back kind of road so you'd probably find i'd have to like stop and um like turn around obviously and i might take on fuel or whatever um but given that my goal is to see how i handle the heat it's just not probably as important let's see the road i was on today five feet climb seven feet climb minus six minus eight minus one yeah that's crazy it's as flat as it ever gets like um so yeah so the, the goal like i sorry i just said everybody knows 520 is not a problem for me for a marathon i'm fairly certain i could run that most days of the week um not in a row but you know, I'd probably give it a good go as well. Um, but the thing is just being able to handle, um, like the rise in temperature, I suppose you could say. Um, so if I can handle, sorry, I think I hear a car. That's why I'm like mumbling. Um, yeah. So look, the, the goal would be to see if I can handle, um, the rise in temperature rather than the heat or the rise in temperature rather than the speed. So, if you're doing a six mile tempo at home and you're about to race a 10k and speed is more your concern well then you're obviously going to want to make sure that you're not taking breaks and um, me taking a 20 second break to drink fluids and turn around and um, on a straight road at like in this heat you know like i'm telling you i'd probably rather not have a break and i'm i'm being deadly serious about that like um the key i think is to keep going so you might find that i sort of like spin around get johnny to hand me a bottle i run a bit with it and then he comes and grabs it or or something like that or he leaves the bottle on the truck but then he stands like 200 meters further down the road and he takes it off me like we'll work out something and um, but yeah, look, the idea will be to try to do 10 to 12 miles at a kind of speed that I don't know, I'm, I think might sort of be like the kind of speed you, you're going to have to run at Doha to be somewhat competitive. But like I say, it's very tough to know. Um, I think one of the most important things about Doha is, is knowing what speed you can run. Obviously, I think that's one of the most important things about any marathon that you run um is knowing what speed you can handle um or at least what effort you can handle but i think doha <laughs> doug's fighting with me he wants on the chair um i think doha more than any of them is is a is an important one to know that um probably similar if you're racing somewhere um dog give it over it's probably something similar if you're racing like in hot or you know you're going to do a trail race somewhere and it's longer than you've ever gone before well you know knowing what speed you can run and what effort you can run is pretty damn important um, so yeah something i touched on earlier um you know runners a lot of runners do kind of actively come out and say that you know they're struggling they're struggling a bit you know mentally and and i think when i went through my little like fatigue period there was probably like 
I'm not going to say signs of depression because, de okay, I am going to say signs of depression, but let's think of depression on as big a scale as a big scale, right? You can be, you can be depressed to the extent that you like want to commit suicide, don't see any purpose in life anymore and, and stuff like this. Um, or you can probably be depressed like because Liverpool lost a soccer game or a football game, sorry. Um, you know what I mean? So, um, there, there's definitely, definitely different examples of like what, like depression might be. Um, and I think everybody goes through like phases of, you know, either they're bored or, you know, they can't do something that they love doing like sport or work, or they get sacked from work and they're like concerned about their future and things like this. And, you know, you always hear these like get on with it type phrases and blah, blah, blah. But um, I was talking about Flagstaff and I actually did a podcast um, a couple of days ago and I was out for a run. It was the morning that I was flying to here to Lake Charles and I, I, I was running along Woody Mountain Road and, you know, I did a podcast and I, I even said at the start of the podcast, I don't know if I'm going to post this or not. And you know, I ended up choosing not to. I think I chose not to because 10 minutes in, my mom had called me. So um, I actually spoke on the phone during the run. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a tough run for me because, you know, Flagstaff's difficult. It's really tough. Like the, the running up there is tough. And um, if you're very single minded focused, like very, very, if you're very single minded, which a lot of runners are and a lot of runners can be, it's a great place. Um, it was a really great place for me for the last four weeks when we're talking about running. Um, you know, I went up there a bit out of shape and I came back in pretty good shape. Um, just a sec. Now I'm on coffee. But I don't know how good a place. I've kind of like fell into this like love-hate thing with running a little bit. Um... You know, I love it and I love chasing my goals. Um, I, I love that I like inspire people and that like when I do the podcast, I, you know, people listen and I love that. Um, I love that people give a shit about what I do. And um, but the, the reason I say love hate is because like I when I talk to people, I talk about how I feel like running someone ruined running at one point in time, you know, like somebody somebody out there decided to train more than anybody else in their club and then somebody else decided to respond to that and they were going to train more um and then somebody else decided that they were going to eat less and lose a lot of weight and you know running has turned a bit like it's almost like a bit like psychotic like you've got people that you know race really well and then get into trouble and you find out that they haven't been eaten or um and then as a result of that is if you are a professional and you've been open to the world of professional running and you know what other athletes do and and what i mean by that is i don't mean drugs or anything like that what i mean by that is just hard work um you know i i remember last year Has came back to flagstaff and he said oh like how come you're eating and run six miles now and I was like, well, I sort of asked myself, like, what would Bowerman Track Club do? You know, I doubt very much they go for a four or five mile double. And when I went and met those guys in the summer in St. Moritz, they uh, 
they told me in winter they were doing 10 miles in the morning and seven miles at night and one hour 15 minutes in the gym like three times a week and I just remember thinking fucking hell like there was me doing eight in the morning and six at night thinking like I'm closing the gap and they're just these guys are just constantly pushing pushing boundaries and and it's not this is not a dig at all um not in a million years but it's not a bit of wonder why you get tired or you get hurt you're going to get one or the other but he joked with me and he said get fit or get fucked and i don't quite think that people get how tough this sport is you think that because there's members at your club that run 100 mile a week um you know that's all the professionals are doing that they're just better but it's it's absolutely not you know it's it's the 10 mile run and then it's the drills after and the stretching and then the like smartly made breakfast and you know probably smartly made something before the breakfast and a recovery drink after gym and yoga maybe in the afternoon and then a nap and then wake up and do it all over again i.e pre-run coffee electrolyte drink snack run probably strides or hurdle drills for people or something along those lines again recovery snack home dinner of some kind probably avoiding you know you'll see runners instagrams and there's never like it's very rare you're going to see coke or or alcohol or maybe a glass of wine i I see a lot of the female athletes like to have like a glass of wine maybe a couple times a week um i think females maybe are less I think meals maybe take the piss a bit. So I know when I used to have a glass of whiskey at night, that turned into like half a bottle not long, like maybe three years ago. <laughs> I laugh at that. It literally did turn into half a bottle at night. I used to show up with Scott overall steaming. We'd be doing a Tuesday morning like K session and I'd stink the whiskey because I'd, I'd have knocked half a bottle back. Um, Yeah, I think there's this real unhealthiness to running. Um. Which I, which I, like I say, I'm okay with. Like, I mean, what, what sport at any level doesn't require, like, sometimes a commitment that is, like, unhealthy? If I, if I had the perfect world, I'd, you know, I'd live at home and I, I'd have probably a house and I'd have a dog and I would train during the week when everybody else works. And then at the weekend, I would, I would probably go out with my friends because I have lots of friends at home and, um and i would just do what we do i would go to the pub i would get pretty drunk and i would go home and i'd wake up the next day and i'd be like oh fuck can i run today or do i need to run today or can i not bother you know just like work how work is you know do i need to do work or do i not need to bother and then sometimes if i have a race pretty soon i'd probably be like oh shit yeah i have to go for a run so i'd go for a run um and i'd probably be pretty hungover during that run and then you know every now and again just like work people go on work vacations and they go to like a business meeting or they go to well a work vacation and running might be two to three trips the altitude a year um and you'd go do your trip the altitude and you'd come back and you'd you'd maybe race and i definitely think altitude helps um there's no doubt about that but i think where it helps me the most from a running perspective is just that like the grind the grind of what i just did for a month or up at altitude it's not daunting to me at all because it's just what i do when i go to altitude i just eat good i sleep good and i train good that's it and so all that 
all that does is creates a really consistent and and fitter runner and you can do it anywhere in the world but most places in the world have little distractions that pull you away from that sort of like consistent grind um but it's really fucking lonely the podcast i did the other morning i i was nearly in tears um i think i was in tears when i said i just i don't i don't really have friends um you know like i have i have people sometimes i meet up to train with but like it's not it's not an insult to them for me to say we're not really friends and if they if they said we were friends they'd be lying and i i mean that like it'd be it'd be an insult if i said yeah we're really great friends because i'd be lying you know you've got you've got people that you like i run with chez quite a lot i love chez like this is a great guy really really inspirational in all of his life how like sensible he is how disciplined he is how helpful to his family he is lots of lots of things like this like Chez is a great guy but like we're not friends you know we 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 didn't we're we're running friends but we didn't grow up together you know i i have i have friends at home that i've known for over 15 years or or you know longer 20 years some of them like andrew and um so i think that's tough um so you know you make sacrifices and you you do this but you know, maybe a month is a is a long time to make that sacrifice. And I think I got a bit lonely, which is why I wanted to come to, I jumped at the opportunity to come to Lake Charles and try out the humidity because in Lake Charles, I have friends, um, friends that I met at university and, and friends that I once upon a time had like stronger relationships with than, than like say like my running friends in Flagstaff. But even my running friends in Flagstaff, most of them were in Europe when I was there so once Chez went to Europe I knew it was going to get very lonely because at least at least like the two hours a day that I was at training I was with Chez for example but you know 22 hours of the day I was by myself and I mean I mean by myself like um like you know totally by myself um cooking by myself eating by myself waking up by myself you know like that was a very that's a very long solo grind and um i came to this idea that like you know you're you're chasing this sort of like olympic dream or this idea of qualifying for the olympics you know like really for me the idea was getting back into training and, and enjoying running and um you know having running i i openly say that i think running saved a part of me because um when i didn't run you know my lifestyle choices weren't weren't great um i don't need to elaborate too much but most people from home will understand what i mean by that and they weren't great they weren't leading down a great path um you know social behavior um drinking um other such things going on on nights out that do not i don't think lead their realistically like successful life um especially if i I, my my problem was i worked self-employed web development so on a monday morning when i would wake up and everybody else had to go to work and move on i would just lie in bed and feel sorry for myself and i might not start doing work till wednesday and so my like these hangovers and these depressive moods just used to linger um but yeah that was tough um but so i got back into running and it was kind of like you know running like 
I'm not going to be like as cheesy as like save my life or anything like this, but it, it put me on a really good path. Um, but I don't know at what point running gets a bit too intense, you know, that almost like is your obsession to run in just as bad as what you were doing in like the social setting or the, you know what I mean? Like, like when, when I, I would catch myself in, in Flagstaff, not even knowingly, but I would catch myself in Flagstaff, like having like salad for dinner two days in a row. And I'd be like, you know better than that, you know, you know, you know that you need to fuel, you know that you need to like stay healthy and you've just had fatigue and, and here I am having salad two days in a row. And the only reason you're doing it is to lose that weight that I gained back in Belfast or whatever. But it's not, I think deep down, I think it's not my fault that the sport got to where it's at, you know, like the sport just got to this place where people are just fucking nuts. Like, you know, they pretend they're not, they pretend they're really like, really balanced and all this sort of stuff but it's not balance you know like it's absolute obsession and i have it like you know i obviously have this gene and um i'm i'm hugely obsessed and um but it's just starting to hit home with me i don't know how healthy it is um and you know i'm a 30 year old man and um I don't have anything, you know, I, I don't have a home. I Back in Belfast, I have no home. I, I have a family home. Um, I don't have a home. Um, up in Flagstaff, I, I stay in Rachel's room, you know, she pays the bills. Um, she pays the rent and, and Hass owns the house, you know, it's not it's not my house. Um, it's it's fun that I share it with them, and but it's not. And, you know, like I maybe coming here to Louisiana and, you know, you see, you know, my buddy Johnny's married and has a kid and three dogs and you know sometimes then I go over to Alan my buddy Alan Folks's house and married dog two kids and yeah like maybe it's a bit you know what I'm I don't know what I'm chasing maybe that's the wrong word um I just got a little bit like maybe upset recently because I just don't I don't really know I don't know, you know, I, I spoke to Rachel and I said, like, you know, you you do this for the next year or two years or three years or, you know, I'm saying the next year because the Olympics are in the next year, but, you know, you move on, there's Eugene World Champs, there's Commonwealth Games, like, where does it go? Like, you keep you keep doing it, you keep trying to be better, you keep trying to see how good you can be, but I don't know... Like what? What is left when when it's all said and done? What's left? What athlete comes out the other side? Can I can I just go and fit back into society? You know? Can I? I really struggle in society now. You know? Like I can be quite awkward around people, and it's kind of because like I I don't know what I'm doing anymore because I don't do it. Um, if I go home and see my friends, friends that I used to have so much fun with. I it's not as fun for me anymore. There's there's a big massive layer of guilt hangs over me and um really upset me, but I got a Chinese in Flagstaff just before I left and I fucking love Chinese and I almost binned it. I almost wasn't going to eat it because I just seen it as like negative and like not healthy and not what I have been eating and that's pretty sad, isn't it? You know? Um yeah, I think I don't I'm not 
I could say that the balance isn't right, but it fucking is. If you want to make the Olympics, the balance is right where it needs to be. It's just really difficult. Um, and that's the God's honest truth. Like the, the balance is exactly what it needs to be to be an Olympian. The, the balance for London was different. The balance for London Marathon was, you know, I, I still used to go out partying maybe once every two or three weekends. But I only ran 2.15.55, remember. You know, I'm I'm four and a half minutes off what I need to run. So, you know, people talk about balance and I, I don't know the answer. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't know if you're supposed to keep the balance where it's at and accept your results or if you're supposed to push that balance. I don't know. Don't know the answer to that question. I encourage pushing that balance. But, you know, at what point have you pushed it too far? There is a point of no return, you know, and... It's mad that sport could do that, but there is a point of no return or at least where you really struggle coming back to just normal life. Um, but yeah, I don't have a home and I really struggle when I go home because it just doesn't, I don't, I don't know how to settle down. I just, I, I get, I get like jumpy, twitchy feet. Like I just want to move on to the next place and go train somewhere else or and it's just because I can't do it. I'm just not used to settling in one place, or um, I, f- I find it hard to settle. But yeah, no, it's it's a it's a tough period. You know, training's going in a in a much better direction, which which helps and um, really does help. If I was struggling right now, Jesus Christ, that'd be a mess. Um, but it is nice that training is. I can see I can see things. The, the little stint in Flagstaff was just what I needed running-wise to push things back in a in a positive direction. And I'm really enjoying running, you know. Even I might go out and jog tonight, and I really love the prospect of going and doing that. You know, just, just jogging along and just no music and just me. And um, I really am looking forward to maybe doing that. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't know on the balance front where it goes. Um it's tough. It's really tough. Um, Alan Story used to tell me that a happy runner is a good runner. And he believed that you could do everything by the book. But if you weren't in a good place mentally, like, you'd really struggle. Um, and and, and I, I truly believe that. You know, to the extent that I remember telling you guys, I went out a week before Great North Run and got absolutely hammered drunk. Woke up the next morning and it's a week before the Great North Run and, you know, I remember my friends on the night out asking me, like, you know, should you be doing this? And I was like, look, lads, (laughs) when it gets tough next week, I'll be able to push really hard because I'm happy. And and right enough, when it got tough, you know, up some of those hills, I was a fucking animal and had a good result that day. Like, maybe not like 61 or 62 minutes, but I think I was like 65, 30 and... Um, it was a pretty solid day, and um, but yeah, maybe there's something to that. Um, happy runner's a good runner, but you know, it sounds silly, but you know, how do you? What environment is gonna make you happy? What environment is gonna? I I think I put running at the forefront too much sometimes. Um, the perfect plan, the perfect running, um, whether it's altitude, whether it's lifestyle, um, you know, I I I. I bring all these things together, like weight, the training, the lifestyle, the altitude. I, I maybe bring like 
15 improvements together and they all come together at once and it's this big boom really good result but it's bloody hard work i'll, I'll not lie to you but look guys thanks for listening that's a bit longer than usual um but i just thought i i mean i i didn't build this podcast just to preach like how fucking brilliant and excellent i am and how controlled my emotions are all the time and you know what a great place i'm always in and sell this running is always sexy because it's not um and and like today doesn't have to mean anything but it's just me being honest with you guys like where my head's been at and um and yeah i'm probably be honest that i have been struggling a little bit mentally and emotionally just just from a bit of like almost like withdrawal and loneliness and um yeah like it's it's difficult and i want you guys to know that that exists um all right take care bye bye bye